6: Call it mile-high
5: depression.
6: Say what? Welcome in the beginning of another edition of the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere as we philosophize coast-to-coast, border-to-border, and beyond on the vast and powerful microphones of FSR emanating live from under the moonlight camouflaged by the darkness, the Fox Sports Radio studios. Hope all is well with you. We're back at it again here. Another night of wholesome overnight sports talk radio. So the rumor had become reality in, in Denver. We talked about this in a previous edition of the show. It was just speculation at that point, but it is now turned in to fact. And if you have not heard yet, if you've been living in a bubble, uh, we will pop the bubble right now. Denver Nuggets guard Jamal Murray has been diagnosed with a torn ACL in his left knee. You know what that means? Na-na-na-na, na 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 hey, hey, goodbye. He's done. Torn ACL. They require minimum eight months of recovery time under the best case scenario. So if you do the timeline, the NBA season will end sometime in July, Currently, it's April. That does not leave enough time for Jamal Murray to come back. So that means that not only will Jamal Murray miss the rest of this NBA season, there's less than 20 games to go in the regular season, but also also Jamal Murray will miss part of next NBA season. So one of the top dogs, if you look at the totem pole in the Western Conference, has been chopped down several rungs, downgraded. Let's discuss the question: where do the nuggets go after Jamal Murray suffers this devastating knee injury? So my observations here: mac and cheese and we will lock all of these things together into a marginal log. now number one. Nicole, where'd the band go? No, While, there we go. While Nikola Jokic uh, is the headliner in the Mile High City, Jamal Murray is the right-hand guy, right? He's he's sneaky good, and it was the one-two punch. Is, it's what made Denver dangerous. They're not dangerous without Jamal Murray. Right? You take one away from the equation, and you lose the fear factor. The fear factor is gone. It's kind of like mac and cheese. I enjoy mac and cheese. I like cheese. I like macaroni. But when forced to eat macaroni without cheese or cheese without macaroni, it's not as good. And so Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic were the mac and cheese combo. And while each on their own is okay, they're not as good without the other. And now, what is my evidence? Both the eyeball test, and I got four eyes. I wore bifocals, and the statistical test, right? This season, the Nuggets had a plus 11.5 net efficiency. The nerds came up with that stat years ago to determine who's the most efficient player on the court. But the Nuggets, as a, a collective group, are plus 11.5 net efficiency when Jokic and Murray are side-by-side, mano-a-mano. Uh, that is elite status. Now, when Jokic is on the court without Jamal Murray, they the Nuggets are a minus 2.1. So to rephrase that, we're talking about a minus 13.6 downgrade in net efficiency with Jamal Murray in the injury tent, hanging out, having some apple uh, apple juice there in uh, the infirmary. So Murray finishes up a season, he was having a career year at career highs in points, steals, field goal percentage, three-point field goal percentage, and it's all gone. It's over. See you later. Good luck overcoming that. Now, the second thing here, in terms of the Mather scale of panic for Denver, 1-10, to with 10 being you are being tied down inside the guillotine. The Nuggets on the Mather Scale of Panic are at a 9.0. And I'm not going to go higher than 9.0 because you still have Jokic, the Joker, who is an MVP candidate. But what a mess the MVP race has turned out to be in the NBA. Because at one point you had the LeBron James truthers. LeBron's out of the race. He's injured. Uh, you had James Harden, who people were trying to advocate for. I was never on the James Harden bandwagon. Now, Jokic is not hurt, but uh, here's the deal. Without Jamal Murray, does this increase or decrease his MVP chances? I'm going to say it decreases it because the Nuggets are not going to be winning as many games, and the overall team record is one of the criteria. It's one of the lower criteria, but one of the criteria you look at. You don't generally see MVPs on teams that don't have sexy records. It doesn't usually happen that way. And at this point... Without the, without the Nuggets having Murray, yeah, they still have a puncher's chance, right? But until proven otherwise, Denver is now what I would say is an afterthought on the West. Now, meanwhile, one man's loss is another man's game, gain. And, and when, you, when you look at this, if, if you lose on one side, someone else picks something else up uh, on the other side. And who is the real beneficiary of this, of this injury? All right, look around. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. The people's team. The Clippers are the sleeping giants written off by the pundits. And as they say at the White House, we'll circle back to this down the line. But if you look at the landscape of the lawless Old West, the Clippers are in a position to be the beneficiary of the crumbling stars. Anthony Davis is up to his old tricks. Uh, Back when he was in New Orleans, you couldn't have an MRI without Anthony Davis being somewhere close to the room. Very fragile. He's turned out to be fragile with the Lakers. LeBron James now has had two major injuries in three years. He's also, by the way, 36 years old. Good luck betting on that dynamic duo. The Utah Jazz are a paper tiger. The Phoenix Suns have a nice regular season team. But does anyone think that Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton are... Playoff ready, not me. And Chris Paul? Come on. Chris Paul, how many chances this guy had in the playoffs? Teams often vanish in the postseason with him being the leader. So by process of elimination, you look at the Jamal Murray injury, LeBron and Davis banged up with the Lakers, the Jazz, a paper team, and the Suns not ready. It's all about Kawhi and PG thirteen. If you look at your NBA standings, the hottest team. In pro basketball, the Los Angeles Clippers. They took the Indiana Pacers to the woodshed. Paul George had a masterpiece in that game on a random Tuesday night. All right, final point. So back to Denver. Back to Denver here. And that cramping in the pit of your stomach is actually a sinking feeling of stress and anxiety mixed together. While the Nugget fans sit shiver for a week or so, mourning the loss of Jamal Murray on the court. Michael Malone, the coach there, has to figure out a way to keep Denver from drowning. They've got 18 games left, as we are speaking here, to come up with a plan B. Next man up, do your job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Every hacky slogan you could come up with. Now, the true believers are saying, all right, Who's got to step their game up? Well, Michael Porter Jr. is now being propped up as the Messiah, the Savior. I'll believe it when I see it. Now, Porter has been a, pretty much a tease at this point. He's had some big individual performances. He's got the skill set to be a breakout star. And this year, he has been the third leg. He's the third leg in that two-man operation there with Murray and Jokic, and Michael Porter Jr. has been number three. But dependability is more important than actual ability, and Porter's numbers, while not bad, if you look at his numbers, they're not terrible. And you can certainly make a relevant argument that he's got the talent to rise up and be the number two option as a one-two punch, yin to the yang of Jokic, but... I don't trust this guy to bring it, and I got to see it before I'm going to sign off on it. And the the Nuggets, coming in, they were holding a Royal Flush. Now, Royal Flush, you figure you're going to win. It's the the greatest hand in poker. You got the ace, the king, the jack, and the 10, all of the same suit. You're in really good shape, uh, in really good shape. But now they're left bluffing, right, because betting on Michael Porter Jr. is a bluff and i'm only at a 9 on the maller scale of panic which only goes to 10 but the gambling market's at a 10 and remember the gambling market does not lie they're not in the business of losing money but if you look at the gambling market i'll use william hill as an example the nuggets were 12 to 1 to win the championship prior to jamal murray going snap crackle pop so they were 12 to 1 which is not the greatest of odds but it's you know no one has tremendous tremendous odds it was like an about an 8% chance to win the championship after the Jamal Murray injury they have adjusted the stats now and the nuggets are now 50 to 1 to win the championship they went from 12 to 1 to 50 to 1 so that's about an 8% chance all the way down to a less than 2% chance a less than 2% chance to win the NBA championship and even that Like, even that, why would you bet on that? Like, that's a dumb bet, right? That's a stupid bet. They want that dumb money. Somebody say, well, Michael Porter Jr. is going to take off, and he's going to be the greatest nugget since Alex English. Uh, Calm down. Calm down.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury
6: Musical chairs, pigskin style, welcome in the beginning of another hour, the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere as we rant and rave coast to coast, border to border, and beyond on the vast and powerful microphones of FSR emanating live from inside the theater, the theater of the mind, the Fox Sports Radio studios. And here we are together again. And musical chairs, right? Our lead this hour comes from the transaction wire of the NFL. We've had the great quarterback migration, which is still going to continue. We get the NFL draft a couple weeks away. And then there'll be some other surprise moves after the NFL draft. So we're still in the middle of that. But the running back market, the often forgotten, marginalized running back position, has picked up some steam This week, it's a case of old faces in new places. Have you been keeping track? If you've not been keeping track because you actually have a life and you have things going on, maybe you missed it. There are two moves that stand out. Two. All right? One of them is Giovanni Bernard, who agreed to go from the Bengals. He was let go by Cincinnati, and he goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. James Conner exited Pittsburgh. The Steelers said bye-bye to him, and he heads to the desert to play in the land of the cacti with the Arizona Cardinals. So a toss-up question here, as we discussed. Toss-up question. You make the call. Who will have more of an impact in 2021, James Conner in Arizona or Gio Bernard in Tampa? We're going with Bernard by a country mile. All right, by a country mile. Now, my view on this, you've got Secret Sauce, Short Selling, and Maestro. Secret Sauce, Short Selling, and Maestro. And We will connect all of this together, in, and we're going to play Connect 3. All right, so first of all, uh, this is just what the doctor ordered in Tampa. Giovanni Bernard, while not a great player at this point in his career, is the perfect addition to to the Super Bowl champs, going from the outhouse to the penthouse, leaving Cincinnati and going to the team at the very top in this moment in Tampa Bay. The weak link in the Buccaneers was the pass-catching ability of the running backs. You had a bunch of guys that were the equivalent of Edward Scissorhands attempting to snatch passes from Tom Brady. How bad was it, you ask? I think you know how bad it was. No backfield in the league had a higher drop rate, almost 15%, than Tampa Bay did last season. They still won the Super Bowl in spite of that, but they were at the very bottom. At the very bottom in dropping passes out of the backfield. More than double the average NFL drop rate for running backs. The average was 6.6. The uh, Buccaneers in their championship season, we at 14.7. Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, drop, 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 drop. And this was a problem. It was a problem the Buccaneers were able to overcome. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl, but it almost cost them dearly at points during the regular season. And Tom Brady, if you've watched Brady in recent years, you know that his secret sauce includes a lot of dump-off passes. And he he knows, you you read the defense, and if you don't like what you see, you become Charlie Checkdown, or in this case, Tommy Checkdown. And it doesn't work when the passes are bouncing off the wideout's hands or the running back's hands, uh, in this case, like like he's using a super bouncy ball. Enter Giovanni Bernard, who is really good at catching passes out of the backfield, and he's been freed from the Bengals' gulag. And he's Now, I get it. He's going to enter as a third wheel, and I'm upselling. I'm obviously upselling Gio Bernard. He's entering as a third wheel. We expect him to make some noise. We expect him to make some noise and become a Tom Brady safety blanket. I'm going to go as far and put my neck out as to say a poor man's version of James White back in the day. Remember when James White was like, I mean, he'd catch 10 passes in certain games and more than that. In the glory days there with the Patriots. Now, second, as far as James Conner, we love James Conner's story. Uh, overcoming cancer, amazing. Uh, someone that's had a lot of cancer in my, in my family. Most of us have. Uh, it's just a, a tremendous accomplishment for him to have come back from that. But, I mean, if you're being fair here, if you're being fair, uh, uh, it's Bernard over Conner. Right? Now, he doesn't have the positives for James Conner, or he doesn't have much competition with the Cardinals. Bernard is going in as the third wheel. In Arizona, if you look at the depth chart, Chase Edmonds, who's nothing to post about on Instagram or any social media, he's the number one back in the Valley of the Sun. You've got former Steeler running back coach James Saxon, who is with the Cardinals now. So there's there's an explanation as to why James Conner chose to go to Arizona. It's a little bit of nepotism. It's it's kinship. That's what happens. And so Conner... We'll have an opportunity to get some of the workload in Arizona, nevertheless. Uh, And if you put a knife to my neck, gun to my head, I am short-selling that James Conner is going to make any sustained impact in Arizona. Why? I I simply say he's an average running back. He's a jag, just a guy, right? He's not terrible. He's not great. He's just a guy. And he had a brass ring opportunity in Pittsburgh and did not take advantage of it. He's also missed a bunch of games. He missed nine games from 2019 to 2020. And so almost uh, almost half, well, I had a little more than half a season. I guess now it was 17 games. It was, you, can't have, you can't miss half the games. You're going to miss more than half or less than that. But they were playing 16 back in those days. But when Connor played, he was often a baseline player. Unremarkable. I grade him, when I've seen the Steelers play, I I graded him as a plodding-type running back. Does not have the explosiveness, which makes him generic brand. You're generic brand if you do not have that explosive ability. And there's also location, location, location. The Cardinals are a second-division team. In terms of talent, they are light years behind the Rams. If this was like five years ago, they picked up all these guys that were great five, six years ago. But if you look at the division, the Rams are better, Seahawks are better, even the 49ers are better. And who knows what's going on. They haven't even picked their quarterback yet. We don't know who they're going to pick. We assume whoever they pick is going to play and take the job away from Garoppolo at some point during the season. But Connor, he'll be in the small shadow of alligator arms, Kyler Murray, the gimmick quarterback in Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury is on the hot seat, the coach. It's an untenable, untenable situation in Arizona. All right, final thought. So while Giovanni Bernard will take a back seat, go back to the Bucs here, with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones and that crew of running backs that they've got there, he's got a skill that goes unrecognized and underappreciated, which is another reason to bet on and invest in Giovanni Bernard. He's a grinder. He does the dirty work, the unpopular, unpleasant part of football. Football at its core is all about, you hear the meathead coaches say, it's all about blocking and tackling and giovanni bernard is a maestro of blocking now that's not my opinion that's what the the numbers indicate the nerds tell us that this guy's really good at that that his his superpower is blocking pro football focus the nerd website had giovanni bernard seventh highest in pass blocking out of 70 running backs he was number 7 in 2020. Now, just for comparison's sake, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette were not in the top 40. Fournette was 65th. Ronald Jones was 44th out of 70 running backs. All that being said, neither James Conner nor Giovanni Bernard are going to be key cogs. Bernard at least has a chance in the pass-catching game. He's the sleeper because of the serendipity That is going on around the Buccaneers under the umbrella of Tom Brady. All right. Now, meanwhile, we have a mini Malheur monologue bonus coverage here. New developments in the scandal. The scandal of our day in Houston, Texas. A brief obligatory Malheur monologue on Deshaun Watson. Dueling pianos at it again. Have you heard the latest? Dateline, Houston, Texas. If you've missed it, we'll give you the truncated version here. Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson's high-priced defense attorney, Rusty Harden. He's a a mouthpiece, apparently, for state-sponsored NFL media. He told state-sponsored NFL media, Rusty Harden, Deshaun Watson's attorney, that one of the women who accused Watson of being a pervert has dropped her civil lawsuit. And there are 22 left, and according to Harden, we believe we have names of 20 of the 22 lawsuits. We've got one dismissed, and we're looking for one name, Harden said. Now, a short time later, the other piano started playing, the dueling pianos. Tony Busby, who is representing the plaintiffs in this case, said in a statement that all 22 of the alleged victims will, will, publicly revealed their identity, didn't have much of a choice. The judge said they had to. Then he issued this wordy statement saying that, I'll give you some of the highlights. The Watson team thinks, this is from Tony Busby, the Watson team thinks that these courageous women are forced to identify themselves, they would slink away and not pursue this matter. Watson and his counsel badly miscalculated, according to Tony Busby. Busby went on to say, that he was concerned about the safety of the plaintiffs. In fact, he pointed out that the woman that spoke at the news conference about a week ago has already gotten death death threats, and he had asked Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson's lawyer to agree to a protective order where the identities would have been used in litigation but would not have been broadcast, as Busby says, here to the world. Well, Watson's team refused to compromise. The key line in this statement from Busby, There's one sentence that you need to know, and here's the sentence. Be careful what you ask for, was the statement. An ominous statement by Tony Busby for the future of Deshaun Watson. So let us discuss briefly the question, what do you make of these newest developments in this ever-evolving legal drama involving the Deshaun Watson case? So a brief monologue, I've got Mob and Conga. Mob and Conga, and uh, we'll, we'll combine these together. Now, A, Rusty Hardin's plan backfired, right? His intention when he went to court and filed all those papers to try to get the names of the women, his intention was he figured a good number of these women are complete frauds and don't want their name out there. Well, let's say there were 23 women, if that's the actual number. There's a couple different versions of this, but it was 23 and one of them dropped the lawsuit, then his strategy was 4.3% successful because that's all that, I mean, 23 minus one, that's 4.3% of 23. Now, it's kind of like going to the beach in the middle of summer, and you got one of those red cups from your days in college partying, and you fill it up with, with sand, and then you walk away from the beach, and you then announce that you have done a great job at clearing the beach. Uh, There's a lot of work to be done for Rusty Harden, who's going to earn his retainer. He is going to earn his billable hours. Uh, And this also confirms the statement by Tony Busby, if it's accurate, confirming that our instincts were correct. Our instincts were correct that he was using cyber thugs, keyboard warriors who worship at the altar of Deshaun Watson, the meathead fanboys, to fight dirty. Right, And these are mob tactics. Right, He's using online mob tactics. Now, we assume that Busby's smart enough now when he starts releasing these names that these women have cleaned all of their social media profiles and their names have been scrubbed from the internet. That would be the prudent thing to do to avoid the mob tactics of Deshaun Watson's side. So that's what it appears like at this point based on reading the tea leaves. Now, part B, real quick, since these women are going public, the accusers, Tony Busby now has to fight fire with fire, knowing the mob tactics that will be used by the bots and all the Sean the Watson meathead uh, fanboys. So here's the move here. When he said that ominous statement, be careful what you ask for, we're calling for a conga line, right? Do the conga line for, th- for the better part of the next three months for the better part of the next three months, Tony Busby should form a long line, a conga line, and turn in a circle and have a parade of all of the accusers in front of the camera. So let's assume there are 22 left, if that number is correct. See, 20, 23, 22, or 21. Let's say there's 22. They started with 23. they down to 22. Using back of the napkin, Malheur math, 22 accusers, two a week, Let's say on Monday and Thursday, you want to do a Friday news dump because people don't pay attention that much to the news Friday and Saturday. So you want to do it on Monday and Thursday, two a week. That would last for 11 weeks, so almost three months, and have them tell their personal story about how Deshaun Watson, they believe in their opinion, in their reality, is a pervert at the massage table. And every one of them gets up there and sobs, the the tears, and all that. Cue the waterworks. And for every public statement, one by one, right, all 22 of them, all 22 of them will be another nail in the
5: Deshaun Watson coffin. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
3: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other.
5: It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled.
6: coop Dalu?
2: So the play-in games for the 7 and 8 seeds were considered a uh, success last season. The NBA decided to bring it back this year. Luka Doncic isn't happy about it, though. Uh, Speaking to the media, he said he finds it odd that you can play 72 games to reach the 7th seed but then lose two
6: games in a row and not make the playoffs. Ben, does he have a point? Well, listen, Luca. first of all, is a legendary whiner, but he's spot on. This is double jeopardy. The regular season is the play-in tournament. Hello! Right? So you're giving the bad teams another opportunity. It's dumb. It's stupid. There's already bad teams that make the playoffs as it is. The NBA is spinning this as a way to give teams with injured players a chance. It's disingenuous. It's all about a little bit of extra money. Next, TV money. Now, it's being reported that people around the
2: NBA are now considering the Knicks a more attractive free agent destination than they have in the past. Uh, ben, are you buying that?
6: No, no, I'm selling that. The, the tabloids have been selling the virtues of Gotham for years. G- Last I checked, James Dolan's still calling the shots. He's a terrible owner. Why would anyone want to play for the Knicks, right? He's, everything he touches turns to, to, to dreck, I'll believe it when it happened. The Knicks are average. They're nothing to write home about. They're average now. Next. Charles Barkley revealed on a
2: podcast this week that he was offered a job on Monday Night Football, but that he declined. Now, a source with knowledge of the situation said the offer came in 3 for a halftime spot with Al Michaels and John Madden. Ben, do you think that would have been a success?
6: Yes. Everything Barkley does on television is good. He's bona fide, certified, good sports TV uh, I mean, they put Rush Limbaugh, Dennis Miller, Kornheiser on Monday Night Football. Barkley would have been great. And ESPN been trying to get Barkley. They've never been able to get him. How'd we do, Coop? A pass. Hey, that's a win. That is a win. Another win. Tweet out my record.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Attention, everyone. And, and the, the password, password is... Password. You idiot. Password, the word game of the stars. Here's Ben Meller.
6: All right, here we go. Time now for... Password, the word game of the stars, made possible by Discover Card. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. And Password, the word game of the stars, ready to go. Uh, here we go. Let's welcome in our contestants. And I believe Bring It Home Jerome is someone that wants to play. Hello, Bring It Home
3: Jerome. Ben, Eddie, Roberto, dude who answers the phone. How are you guys doing
5: guys? Yes,
6: the dude. <laughs> Jerome, would you like to play Password?
3: Yeah, I'll go ahead and play Password tonight, Ben.
6: Okay. All right. Bring It Home Jerome. Star caller is going to play Password. Who else should we have? Uh, pick. Curtain number one, number two, or number three? Eddie? Uh, Three. Okay. You have picked Justin in Cincinnati. Bad job by you. Hello, Justin in Cincinnati.
3: How are you doing?
6: If I was any better, I'd be Marcel, but not Marcel in Brooklyn with his
3: diet. Good point. Yes.
6: All right, well, Justin, uh, here we go. This is very exciting. You are going to play. We'll go back to Jerome, though. Bring it home. Jerome, who would you like to partner up with, Jerome?
3: I'm going to go ahead and go with you, being against my better judgment. But, um, no, I don't yeah, say, say go that. Ahead and
6: go. No, we're going to win some Baba Ganoush is what we're going to win, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> Wrong. Uh, Wrong. Justin, <laughs> Justin in Cincinnati. Justin, who you want to partner up with?
3: Uh, the call screener.
6: Okay, the call screener. (laughs) All right, you guys will be together there. We have a list of words, one to ten. And, Jerome, you were on the air first, so please pick a number. Always got to go with number one, Ben. Number one. Number one. All right, let's go with – how about this? Uh, Oh, boy. There's a couple of ways I can go on this. Uh, da, 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 da. How about uh, vacuuming? Oh,
2: okay. Uh,
3: Justin will like this one from Marcel. Let's call that one suction. <laughs> <laughs> well,
6: that's funny, but it's not what we're trying to win the game here, Jerome. All right, go ahead, Coop. Uh
2: All right, uh, Justin, I'm going to say tasks what tasks t a s k
6: s tasks, yeah, tasks. going to happen oh sweeping. Just... oh no. boy all right let's uh, let's go with uh cleaning Jerome?
3: yeah right. let's go with
0: suction again <laughs> You know, usually uh, the second time around, it is the right answer. Yes,
6: it has been proven, Eddie. We play Password every week, and usually if it's wrong the first time, the second time, we'll feel pity on you and we'll give you the answer. No. (laughs) Every every night, Eddie, every night this happens. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right.
2: (laughs) All right, Justin, we got this. Uh, Probably not. Can we go to the bullpen? No, is Jeannie in no, Medford no, no. there? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'd have a better chance with her. Um, so tying it all together here, my, my next clue is going to be allowance.
3: Chores. Yes. No! Oh,
0: they got wow. it. I thought it was suction. I can't believe it wasn't suction. <laughs> Third time would have been the charm.
6: All right, you get like three points for that? Or seven. Like that? All right, seven. All right, go ahead, Coop, and uh, Justin, pick a number. Or two three. to ten. Three, all right. All
2: right, uh, let's go with uh, exam. Test.
6: No, no, that's good. No, that's let's go with... Uh, I'll use them. He yeah, said... Mallory, yeah, Yeah. Yeah, all right. All right, uh, let's go with...
0: Uh, here we go. Math? Oh, I thought you were going to do something else. No, this
6: is easy. With what Coop said, if he says suction I, again, I'm going I to don't, hang up. I don't.
3: Damn it, Ben, you got to wait for the joke now. I was going to say that, but let's go with test. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Well, you know, Jerome. when the first guy says it and it's wrong, sometimes when the yeah. second yes. guy says it, sometimes <laughs> it's right. <laughs> sometimes. What, uh, yes. what, what is going on here? All right. I'm, I'm Bad go, clues
2: by you, Ben. I'm going to go with the gonna, baby Jesus. I'm going to go with the Mallard maneuver, Justin. All right, pop. Yeah,
1: that's the one. What is it?
2: Pop
1: quiz. Yeah. Oh, my God.
5: That's it. That's, that's
3: it. it. He's calling the fight. That's so He's
0: calling the fight. So <laughs> hey, hey, uh,
3: <laughs> Jerome,
0: it's over.
6: Hey, you need, to, you need to bow your head in shame, Jerome. <laughs>
0: You've just Uh, embarrassed every radio game show in history. Performance was suction.
3: Oh my
6: god! Got a murder. Got to go. You got to be kidding me, man!
3: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.